something to get out of town for a while. entertaining Asian-American rockabilly musical at the Looking Glass Theater. Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon by Matthew C. Yee is a light romp with a dark twist followed by a hasty muddled ending wrapped up in a cloud of very good music, all of which is performed by a remarkable cast of actor-musicians. This is Reno Lovison, executive producer at Chicago Broadcasting Network and theater reviewer for chicagotheaterandarts.com where you can read this review if you prefer not to listen. This adventure revolves around Asian identity, Asian stereotypes, and the experience of being Asian in America. So I'll simply set the stage now. The following characters are all presented in the production as Asian or Asian American. Charlie and Lucy, Grandma, Peter, Jeff, and Bob. Characters presented as non-Asian are senior security professional agent Feinberg, as well as the bad guys, Gabriel and Martin. I'll include a cast list with actors' names on our website at chicagobroadcastingnetwork.com. Here's the plot. Lucy and Charlie met two weeks ago. Charlie has dubbed himself an Asian-American renegade and recently reinvented himself as a cool cowboy, which is what attracted Lucy to him. After all, what's more American than being a cowboy? Lucy loved Charlie's bad boy image, so they married quickly and are now on a poorly conceived amateurish road trip crime adventure. Think... Uh, Thelma and Louise, or Bonnie and Clyde, or maybe more accurately Tammy with uh, Melissa McCarthy and Susan Sarandon. Anyway, Charlie's brother Peter, a security agent trainee, finds himself in an awkward position of investigating a convenience store robbery involving Lucy and Charlie. In the meantime, at a rest stop, Lucy befriends Bao, a recent arrival from China who's waiting to be picked up by her sponsor, ostensibly to work for a cleaning company, which Lucy quickly determines is really a front for a sex slave operation. Peter gets his boss Feinberg, his grandma, and Uncle Jeff involved to help rescue the couple, who with Bao have taken refuge at Grandma's cottage in Winnebago, Wisconsin, where they hope to elude the sex slave operators Gabriel and Martin. Credit must be given here to Matthew C. Lee, who wrote the book and music, plays the role of Charlie, and performs a significant amount of the accompaniment as an onstage guitarist while doing it all pretty well. Here's the thing, though. I feel Ye shot himself in the foot by not making his songs a little more universal and slightly less specific to the production. All of the great commercially successful musicals have songs that can break out of the confines of the story and speak to a larger human condition that allows them to stand apart and take on a life of their own. I happened to see West Side Story at the Lyric the same weekend I saw Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon. Both plays deal with the experience of being an immigrant in the United States in much different ways. But that said, there are five or six songs from West Side Story that are breakout hits, including Maria, Tonight, and Somewhere. 
I play a good deal of country and western music myself, but as good as Yee's songs were in Lucy and Charlie, I don't think there was one with a broad enough message that I might want to play or perform as a standalone ballad. I only mention this because I believe Yee has the ability here to produce something bigger than what he did. The storyline had a spark of brilliance in the tradition of many classic screwball comedies, crime mysteries, or culture class stories. My major complaint is the use of gratuitous gun violence to resolve and ultimately squander the conflict that Yi spent the first act rather expertly crafting. Additionally, waving guns around in a post-Alec Baldwin rust era can be a bit disconcerting to audience members who find themselves looking down the barrel for extended periods of time. Note to violence designers R&D choreography to do a better job of directing the firearms action upstage as much as possible. In Act 2, the story takes a jarring turn, resulting in a schizophrenic tone that sucks a lot of the air out of the room. If you want to have fun, then have fun. If you want to be serious, then do that. Mixing the two can be done, but it takes a deft hand. In this case, it just seemed like an easy way out. This ending might be satisfactory in an improvisation or workshop, but not as a finished production in a downtown theater, especially if there's any thought of wider distribution. Sure, there are a number of somewhat obvious cornball resolutions, which I suppose Yi was trying to avoid, but this choice was not any better. It just seemed that he could have thought it through more, and in today's violent environment, it's on the verge of disturbing and not in a thought-provoking way. Much of the overall production credit goes to director Amanda Dennert, who was in the best position to see how it was all coming together. The entire cast is outstanding while also being exceptional musicians, breathing life into the material provided by Lee. It was apparent they understood his vision and executed it expertly in front of a dizzying and whimsical array of floor-to-ceiling western and far east artifacts assembled by scenic director Yu Shibagaki. The onstage screen projections were helpful for sharing song lyrics and interjecting a bit of humor when referencing images we would otherwise not be able to see. Sully Ratke provided a thoughtful and amusing costume selection. Yee's portrayal of Charlie affects a kind of deep silent type cowboy image that definitely takes a backseat to the over-the-top energy of Lucy who's driving much of the action. Peter, Grandma, and Jeff as a comical triumvirate of stereotypes handle the material well. It's obvious the playwright and the actors understand how far they can go when working with ethnic humor. I love these endearing characters, including Agent Feinberg, and would like to see more of them. This group would make a very effective sitcom or web series, but I caution ye to treat them and their situations with more respect. Here's my dilemma. I work with an Asian nonprofit organization in Uptown. I have a number of close Asian friends and some individuals of Asian descent in my extended family. When I think about who I would recommend to see Lucy and Charlie's honeymoon, I start to cringe. The boomers and Gen X folks, especially those who were not born here, might find some of the content offensive, or at least sophomoric. It's a bit too rough for the teen and preteen crowd. That leaves the middle 20 to 40 year olds who were born here and grew up in a cross-cultural environment, at times confused and maybe even embarrassed by their elders while trying to fit into the greater culture around them. It's full of a lot of insider humor. I get this and I know two 30-something Asian guys who would love this and totally get it. Though this limited target audience is probably not adequate to create the level of success the essence of this play deserves. Every American ethnic group has experienced what Yi is trying to convey, and it's an important story. 
but it has to be told in a way that a general audience can understand and appreciate. That's the trick. What's a non-Asian audience member supposed to feel and take away from this experience? If we laugh at certain characters, we may be seen as racist, unless given permission to do so. It has to be clear that what seems like stereotypes are really character types, and they don't stand in as sole representations of an entire culture. Yi, through the character of Lucy, unilaterally accuses all white men of fetishizing Asian women. I know at least four Euro-Asian couples where the woman is Asian. I think it would be uncomfortable to be part of an audience where I'm being characterized broadly as having a perversion. Not that this phenomenon doesn't exist in a harmful way, but you can make the case without alienating a significant number of the very people who would likely be your supporters. Likewise, sex trafficking and other exploitation of immigrant groups and individuals is a very serious topic that deserves more than a cursory glance and cartoonish treatment. It's a laudable idea to raise these issues, but in this context, someone personally affected might find it disturbing, and the rest of us are not sufficiently informed by the content presented here to be stirred to action or experience meaningful empathy. So as much as I love the actors, characters, and the music, and appreciate the premise, I have to say that I can only somewhat recommend Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon because it's not perfect for every audience, and I could only recommend it to certain individuals, and even then with reservations. As a non-Asian, I wonder if I have the right to recommend it at all. Lucy and Charlie's Honeymoon is at the Looking Glass Theater, 821 North Michigan Avenue, through July 16, 2023. Running time is 2 hours and 15 minutes, with one intermission. For tickets and information, visit lookingglasstheater.org. This is Reno Lovison for ChicagoBroadcastingNetwork.com. If you're an avid podcast listener, be sure to listen to Growing Older with Gusto with uh, my friend Gail Zuckerman. And also consider tuning in to Spy Movie Navigator to learn all about the influence of spy movies on cinema. You can find all of these podcasts wherever you like to listen to podcasts. By the way, if you're thinking of making music of your own, consider checking out the Lakeshore Music Studio, providing piano lessons for all ages. And as always, if you need help with podcasts or audio or video for your organization or business, check out renoweb.net. First generation Asian American renegade. She was a first generation Asian American